Hey, I'm Gabriel. And I'm Steluza. And you're listening to TeamX. A podcast where we're all about helping leaders and their teams unleash their superpowers and maximize results. We're both professional coaches and very passionate about everything that has to do with improving team dynamics, helping them work as a coherent system, and achieve high performance. Whether you're new to leading teams or have been at it for a while, this is the right place to be if you want to take your team to the X level. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the TeamX podcast powered by Rosenthal Coaching. Today, we will discuss how remote work has permanently changed team dynamics. Hello, I'm Stelita Leo. I'm Gabriel Trandafilescu. We are professional coaches working with leaders and their teams to unleash their superpowers and maximize results. If you're new to our podcast and channel, make sure to follow us and to, uh, to get notified when we go live every Wednesday starting 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Gabe, what is this thing with remote work modifying well, team so, dynamics? So this this um, remote work thing is very, very interesting because it's um, one example of how great disruptions, uh, which we don't we can't predict sometimes and um, we can only adapt as, as human beings and as a race actually, uh, like the last pandemic um, changed um, a lot of stuff in, in the working environment as well and in the business area. And um, even though remote, remote work has been around for, I would say few decades at least as a very, very exceptional exception to the rule, right? Because everybody was normally uh, working in, in the same geographical area and everybody was coming to the office every day and so on. But the, the proportion of people who started to work remotely during and, and still working remotely in the pandemic, uh, I think increased uh, several uh, times. Like uh, I, I read some uh, studies that says uh, up to 30%, even 50% in some in some cases of, of uh, total workforce in a company work uh, exclusively remotely. So this is a big, big change compared to just two years ago, right? When before pre-pandemic. So I would say uh, a lot of stuff changed. Uh, and the first thing that changed is the team energy and how the energy is distributed into these distributed teams, actually. Yeah, I think this is one of the, the main topics that we wanted to cover, right? How has the team energy changed in the context of uh, distributed teams? The other two topics are what's replacing the water cooler moments. And this is so awesome. I would love to, uh, I would love, I love the fact that we discuss about that. And how are the different types of communication impacting efficiency? Now, you mentioned that working remotely has been around for a long time, but it hasn't been that common. And the fact that these days uh, the percentage increased so much, uh, it is very true. What has been around, and I can tell you that I worked for organizations that have that, was distributed teams, right? So especially for the uh, for people working in big organizations, we had distributed teams, people working in various geographic areas, uh, and this has been around for quite a while. And that was, at the time, even at the time, it was a challenge 
to uh, to create connections between people to um, to create a bond necessary for us to move forward as a team towards a, a common goal, which was you know the the high performance of our team. But at the time, we had at least the capacity to meet in person from time to time, and this helped uh, the teams to the, the teams cohesion and um, the underlying uh, energies of this team to. Um, to manifest in a what we were calling a normal way. It took us a bit of, of a longer time, but we still had um, this ability at that time from time to time to meet in person. Mm. So returning to the energy uh, of the teams, right? How do we deal with uh, this change and how do we deal with um, creating the proper environment and creating... Um, working with a team so that the energy between the team members, the energy that runs between the team members is uh, beneficial and helps the team move towards the common goal, which is achieving high performance for any team, right? Because that's the purpose Mm -hmm. of any team to achieve their goals and be high performing. Yes, that's right. And um, it's very good that you brought uh, in the uh, subtle, I would say, difference uh, between distributed teams in the past and remote work as a, as a general um, accepted rule right now in in the present. So it I would and I I would start with that because it's very connected to the energy to the question that you just uh, put out there. So in the past, the distributed team that you mentioned were working remotely uh, not by choice but because the the team was distributed on a you know on a multiple country or even continent uh due to their st- specific structure right so it was something that was uh done from the top down and, and this is this is it this is how it is you need to work right and it was as you mentioned quite difficult even though you you had you had the opportunity to meet from time to time, but it's still um, quite difficult. Whereas now, people are choosing to work remotely, and they are allowed to choose to work remotely by the leadership. So even people who are on the same team in the same city can work remotely and don't meet at the office. So it's it's a very different uh, setup, and the energy that you mentioned. It's also different because, you know, uh, when you're when the whole team is in the same room, uh, we are used to that energy. We are like people have been working like that forever, right? We are used to bringing in the energy into the room, and you know, you there's also that saying that you feel the energy in the room, right? So there is everybody's bringing in their energy, and there is a collective type of you know energy cocktail. I would say. Uh, that, that the team has together, and there's, it's always the same, right? When 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 the teams are are getting into the room and they start the day, or they have a meet team meeting, you know, do you feel like familiar uh, with your teammates? And and it's a different, it's a it's a energy that we are used to. Whereas where we work remotely, you cannot actually bring physically that energy, and because we are used to feel it in the same room 
it's very hard to grasp and to gauge it from, you know, via video. Even though the energy is still there, even though if we go into like a deeper level of understanding, the energy is still transmitting. But because we are not, you know, most of the people are, I would say, they are not um, at the level to accept that the energy is still there and is still transmitting, you don't see it and you don't, you don't feel it. It's not the same thing. So it's, um, I would say that to answer your question uh, more specifically, how to manage this difference and how to make sure we bring that beneficial energy back, um, we need to acknowledge in a way that the channels of communicating has changed. And I would say it's also the responsibility of the leader to make sure that they, they, they're more, um, you know, they, they bring their best at the meetings and, you know, at, at working um, discussions and Zoom calls and make sure everybody else has their comfort, their constructive comfort zone, and they have everything they need to be able to bring their own best self to every, every instance uh, of interaction. And somehow recreate the energy that they had or maybe they didn't they never had in the in the same room at some point because they might be also new teams assembled but they need to somehow do like a if you will a routine to bring up that energy all the time and to you know reconnect to it and and bring it back into attention every time they do the meetings and um, they work together I think this is really interesting. I, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking about various moments throughout my career and especially since we moved here in North America, because before uh, going uh, out as an entrepreneur, I used to work for a technology company and we were a distributed team. So I was part of a team that had offices in Toronto, in Ottawa, in other parts of Canada, right? So what I can tell you from my own experience is that even though I'm an independent person and I, I do like to work independently and I'm, I've always had this entrepreneurial style of work, I don't need too many directions, I, I like to figure out the things that I want to do and I'm pretty responsible in regards to my, um, uh, my responsibilities, if I can say so, if I may say so. What I've noticed is that every time we had an in-person meeting. So after, even though we had, you know, online meetings, the weekly meetings, the various meetings that, you know, the corporate had us um, um, assigned to, to put together, I could sh feel a, st a strong shift in the energy and in the bond between me and my other colleagues after in-person meetings. Mm -hmm. So I think because as a probably as a as a species we are wired to 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 thrive and to survive in groups in closed groups. I think regardless of the benefits of working remotely, which we cannot uh, underestimate, right? Having more time to spend with your family, to do other things, to the freedom around um, organizing your agenda. 
this will, I don't think from my, my own experience and talking to other people as well, I don't think that this will replace the strong bond that is created by being in person from time to time. You don't necessarily need to be every day in the office and that's for mm -hmm. sure. But I think we still need as a species, we still need, even if we're professionals, we're human beings behind you know the titles that we all have and behind the work that we're all doing. We, we are the human beings that thrived and survived, survived and thrived in, in, in closed groups. So mm -hmm. I think this will never change. And regardless of you know how many uh, tasks we can do, we can you know plug in our calendars because we are at home and you know we, we can work in our PJs. We don't need to spend time uh, commuting to the office. We don't need as women, we don't need to spend much time you know putting too much makeup on or stuff like that, doing our hair too, you know, like we would be doing if we we're going into the office. Still, this will not replace the human connection that is created by being in person with someone and I remember being in the office and I think the the most personal and the most connecting conversations were, were the ones around the water cooler right because yeah uh, or around the you know the the coffee with a, with a coffee mug in in, in the morning uh, around the um, in the kitchen or um, so how do we replace that what do you think about this thing how do you get not only as a leader get your people to, or you connect with your team members personally, but how do you get them to connect at a deeper and personal level so that they feel this bond, so that they feel that there is beyond, you know, the, the professional task, there is a, a, a connection at a deeper level that makes people feel that they belong, that they're heard, that they're seen, that they know each other, that they trust each other, because these are... Uh, I think they are uh, mandatory for a team to be able to move forward, right? Trust is such an important factor in in any relationship, especially in, in work relationships when you need to, you know, especially if you need to achieve a task and you're relying on someone else. How do you create this deeper bond and this deeper trust level that is required uh, when there's no physical presence? Because whilst as you mentioned, there are teams that might be in the same city and, you know, they, once a week or once a month, they might be having uh, an activity going for lunch or coffee together or a team in the office. How do teams that are distributed in you know, big or vast geographic areas, how do they create and how do the team leaders go around, go about creating, a, replacing or creating new water cooler moments for their team members? Yeah, the water cooler moments are part of the team culture that I mentioned before, right? Because, you know, in the past, um, people were meeting at the water cooler and, you know, just sharing the latest news in the office and gossips, of course, uh, it's always there. And, uh, you know, sharing their feelings and... Uh, it's like a it's like a timeout from work, right? The water cooler is. You feel like, okay, I'm not working at that moment, and you're just, you know, uh, releasing some uh, information and energy and sharing it with the other team members. So and some steam, maybe if you're upset, right? What's that? Releasing some steam also if you're upset. Exactly, right? exactly. Some steam as well, of course. So that the water cooler moments are are an, actually an excellent opportunity to release the steam um, 
intention from whatever uh, team members are holding. And uh, to come back to what you were saying, um, I think it's it, it's not um, you know um, a, a real scenario to go back to what was before. So it's just not. It will never go back to what was before. So we need to move forward and to accept a new reality after the pandemic. And I think we can agree that it, this will move forward even if the pandemic will completely be over. The, the way we used to do business and work and meetings before will never be the same again. And this is just the way it is. Like everything changed. People are more comfortable than before and getting more comfortable working from home and not meeting in person. And they, we just, you know, adaptation is one of the greatest features of, of human beings. And we, we have done that before. We, we went through different other crises as a species. So, uh, and, and what's happening right now, yes, we, we will miss that watercolor moments, how we had it in the past, and we will miss every day coming to the office and, you know, recreating the, the team energy in the, in the, in the uh, coffee room or whatever. And, but that's just gone. It's not happening anymore. We need to accept that and move forward. And we cannot recreate the same type of energy. Leaders nowadays and teams need to uh, create, co-create another type of energy because it's just not possible to have the same one. So, uh, and I think that's happening and you know it's already happening. I We're working with clients who have distributed teams uh, and we are coaching their teams as they are distributed. So we, and, and they are working well together and some of them recently have even uh, very interesting breakthroughs working together. And even, for example, the team that I'm thinking is, is distributed in US in several states and, and, and they never met, like they never met. The whole process of integrating that team from the leadership and the, the two founding partners uh, upwards uh, has been done uh, completely online. Right, and their solution—they are selling their solution to the clients completely over the phone and online, and they're not—they're never meeting their clients, and so on. So, and, and they're working and expanding, and I'm very happy that we are alongside with them to to see that. So, I would say the new type of leaders, or if, if you maybe it's not the right word—the old type of leaders, but they just need to, you know, pivot towards this is the way we do things, right? This is this is how the world works right now. And dwelling in the past and being nostalgic about the former watercolor moments and coffee room is just not useful. I mean, it's not, it's just not. So they need to pivot toward the new type of energy that they can deploy over the internet over Zoom calls, over phone calls, because honestly, if you really have it, you know, you, you can transmit it. And I, I think the best uh, example of that is movies. You know, the, the great 
the great movies, the great masterpieces, the great acting, uh, um, you know, legends, they can make you cry by watching a screen, right? They can share that emotion. The greatest actors of all time, they, they keep you glued when they, when they act. They keep you fascinated. They, they draw into, into their stories and you feel like you're part of the movie. And that's an excellent, excellent example that it's possible. But, but the leaders need to really feel that energy and transmit it via screens. So it is possible, but they need to be authentic and they need to care about their teams. They need to want them, their teams to feel and grasp that energy and work together. So this is, I think, a way to do it uh, by starting to be real, you know, and, and keep it, keeping it real and sharing that with the team and, and let them be real as well. Let them be themselves and not, they don't have to, you know, um, like uh, be very like dressed up like in, in the past, maybe, you know, like all the time. And just, as you mentioned, let them be in their PJs. If that makes them comfortable and, make, and, and makes them genuine and lets them work productively, whatever, whatever works. You know, like, I think this is the new type of energy that can uh, not replace, but be, you know, useful and productive because it's not going to replace it. So that was another era where we just walked into a new one. So I would say this is the how I see it. And there is also another dimension to this conversation. You know, for, for us, you know, the, the older generations, we had the water cooler moments. Mm -hmm. But we need to acknowledge the fact there is a, a huge workforce that is created of the young generations. So there are a lot of people who went, uh, got out the college um, um, doors throughout the pandemic, and they've never had the type of work environment, the traditional work environment that we had. Right. And there is another mm -hmm. aspect to it as well, which is, you know, you mentioned, you know, that there was that top down approach, you know, the leader at the, of a team was a senior person, senior, not only as experience, but also as age, you know, there was a certain hierarchy that uh, now changed. There were leaders, new leaders who emerged from very young people, mm -hmm. right, who are now leading the teams. And Amongst the team, among the team members, there are also more senior people than the leaders. So this is also another aspect that we need to take into consideration: that uh, the structure of the teams, the way they work, their le the leadership changed, and all these things contribute to a, a leader's challenge, actually, mm. when he thinks or she thinks about move getting a team towards, uh, you know, being a high achiever team. And I think I, I loved what you mentioned about, because I, I was a bit scared when you were talking about, you know, actors. I was like, are you asking leaders now to get acting classes? Because I'm not sure about that. So, but the fact that you mentioned that actually they need to be genuine and they need to also show vulnerability is, is really important because I think we've seen by now throughout the pandemic that everybody is concerned and everybody is in has their own pains and suffering and i think 
regardless of the professional level and regardless of the company size, we're still figuring out how things are going to be. Nobody has the answers. So I think accepting this and being open to asking your team members' contribution without being afraid that you might look as a leader, you know, it might look like you don't have everything under control, that you have, you know nothing or anything like that. So just to, to not to use any French words here. And um, I think this is an, an important part of leadership. And I love that you brought it up, you know, being vulnerable and being genuine, leading your teams from a place of open heartedness, if I may say so, in which you show when you don't know how to do things, in which you show that, you know, you're also struggling as, a, as an individual, it is really important. I think it does help to create this bond and this trust between the team members, which is so important in, in any relationship and especially in work relationships. And there was another um, thing that uh, uh, I think we wanted to talk about is in regards to the different types of communications, right? Because now we have team meetings via um, Zoom and any other uh, platforms. And, you know, nobody is there in the same room. You know, you cannot pinpoint who's doing what. And if, you know, how is this affecting the energy? And also another, ask, another question that I would have uh, for you is like, how do you make sure that your team members are accountable, keep stay accountable for their tasks. So two questions in, in the end before we, we log off. Yeah. So um, I will uh, start with an excellent point that you just made before that uh, regarding uh, the new generations. And I think the two are relate, very much related, uh, the, the two ideas. And the, the excellent point that you mentioned is that uh, a huge proportion of the new task workforce is coming out as we speak, or has you know in in, in this several uh, in, in this couple of few years back, and they are still you know uh, coming coming up. And um, for them, nothing has changed. For them, this is how it is. It's very important to acknowledge that, as especially as a leader. For them, they, they, they don't miss the watercolor moments because they never had them in the same way that we did. So for them, this, this is the way it is. You need to speak their language. You need to talk to them predominantly on, on digital media because this is what they know. This is how they grew up with. So it's, it's very important. You're not, you, as a leader, if you feel like you're lacking something for these people, you're not. You just need to be yourself and and let them be themselves because they are used to working or even like living online and and consuming digital media and video and and going through different um, live channels and and streaming and all that stuff and we and that's why we I, I wanted to mention that because when we mention different types of communication you know the water cooler moments are now. A Slack channel. This is this is a new water cooler moment. There's a you can make a Slack channel, actually with the name water cooler, like and and team members can go there and and share the same type the same type of things that they would 
in a physical water cooler, right? And uh, I've actually read about uh, teams doing that, you know, yeah. creating, recreating the water cooler moment. And I've heard about team teams in which members create the um, commute time mm -hmm. so that they have a bit more uh, of a buffer between starting yeah. work and, um, and uh, you know, leaving yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have uh, the te technical uh, means and, and skills now to to co-create different stuff that are just uh, accustomed to the new way of doing things. Like, and for the new people coming, even the millennials have, you know, have, they've been born into a, a developing. Uh, uh, online, predominantly online uh, environment. Not to, sp I, I mean, the Z generation that they they are born digital, right? And and the, the they are starting now to enter the, the workforce, the Z generation. So they are the twenty, the early twenty years, the twenty years olds. Uh, they are actually right now the Z, so, and, and they are completely digital. They they for them, it's nothing. For them, it's more awkward to meet in person. Than, than to have digital meetings and and streaming and all that stuff. So the new way of communication, probably email is, is a bit still um, ancient, and, and, but still workable, right? But they're working more and more via Slack, you know, and, and um, other uh, direct messaging uh, platforms that are coming up. They're streaming. They're streaming, uh, for example, workshops or conferences or stuff like that via different uh, platforms as well. Um, they're Zooming a lot, like team meetings are Zoom meetings right now. They're, you know, some people even call them, they're, they're not team meetings anymore, they're Zoom meetings. Uh, so everything has a, a digital, now has a digital um, counterpart, I would say. and. And the new workforce, as you mentioned, is using everything that they have at hand and they're used to, to do their work. And the accountability is also a matter of how you communicate and delegate what team members need to be accountable for. And where do you report, you know, the progress and track record and, and all that. And, and again, the, the digital universe puts everything in so many um, apps and and systems uh, that can do that from the simplest you know the, the, the Google suite uh, apps uh, that where you can track everything from the extensive CRMs where you can do everything and then keep track of everything um, to even more ERPs for the big companies that do almost everything right now. And to top all that is the new AI who assisted or exclusively in some some areas who's doing everything. So you, it's a it's a bit scary even because uh, if before you could say some people were trying to uh, somehow skip accountability or cheated or altering it right now because there is a, this AI who is virtually incorruptible. Right, you, you you just can't. I mean, they keep this automatic uh, and enhanced 
um, you know, artificial intelligence algorithms. They, they keep track of everything. So accountability is kind of, uh, I think it's, it should be better right now if it's, if it's well transmitted and if it's well um, um, accepted by team members. There is a, a better way to, to keep track of it. And I think the key words here are transmitted and accepted. And I think this speaks about direct and open communication, right? One of the... I think there is an audio uh, glitch or something. It seems to be. It seems to be. You're speaking like artificial intelligence right now. <laughs> <laughs> so AI heard us. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so weird. After I just mentioned AI, you started talking like AI. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm not going to continue talking much because I know that I know how it sounds and it probably if it sounds like AI is really creepy, actually. No, now it sounds, it sounds back again. You're, you're okay, you again. Okay, I'm back. Okay, so uh, I was talking about the, the two uh, keywords that you mentioned, you know, making sure that the, you know, that the message is transmitted and received properly, which speaks about direct and open communication, which is one of the skills that actually it is fundamental in any relationship. And it's yep. also fundamental in any team. And it's one of the soft skills, I think, that leaders need to master these days, especially with distributed teams and with remote work. Mm. Right? Yes. So this is, and this is something that um, you need to invest in as a leader. So in, in, in case you're suffering, you feel like there is confusion within, you know, your team in regards to who's doing what and, you know, assuming uh, and achieving um, KPIs and in terms of not only assuming and achieving KPIs, but also in terms of the clarity of roles and responsibilities and deadlines and everything, make sure that you uh, um, invest in some trainings that help you Im improve your direct and open communication skills. And this is one of the skills that in coaching you learn. It's actually not mm. only a skill, it's one of the competencies that they measure you on as a professional coach, right? Because we're both professional coaches and mm. uh, this is something that we train in. So make sure that you as a leader get some coaching skills as well. And I think there is a lot of discussions in the, in the workforce and in the work environment about uh, leaders and managers having coaching skills. So I think the conclusion to this, uh, today's episode would be from my perspective that we need to adapt, right? There's no looking back. I mean, the only way to look, the only reason to look back is to learn and to see how far we've come. And I think um, 